Sorry to leave you in the larch, ladies and gentlemen, but this is the greatest show in the galaxy. I'm Mike barking up the wrong trees as always, and joining me as always is Emma, and she's sick of more of these kids in the uh, Doctor Who. Oh, God. <laughs> Get back to stage school, you little shits. <laughs> <laughs> and as you can tell by my rather lame tree puns, we're talking about In the Forest of the Night. But first, we have an email <gasps> from Josh Bissell. And Ooh. he writes, hey, Mike and Emma, it's me, Josh, and I thought I'd write in and say thank you so much for the show. I'm just loving it. I'm one of these brand new Whovians, kind of stereotypical North American viewer, and I just thought I'd share some of my experiences with Who and the greatest show in the galaxy. Until about a year ago, I was a Who virgin. <laughs> I'd sampled an episode or two online, but hadn't really gotten a taste for it. Each show I sampled a, a different Doctor, 9, 10, 11, and I wasn't quite engaged. That was until I visited the UK this year and decided to try it out. I started at Rose and went all the way through to Day of the Doctor, just devouring Tennant, Eccleston, Smith and now Capaldi. And I've got to say I'm just loving this show. What's been really nice thing is now I'm current, I've been able to get and gone to the Greater Show pod and understand what's going on, as well as fishing back to previous episodes about Who on Starbase 66. You two have totally turned me on to old Doctor Who too, because of your conversations I dug up anything I can find online, watching series starring 2, 4 and 8. Thank you for heightening me to my enjoyment of the show, my interest in its history, and involving me in a much nicer and deeper, rich, much richer and deeper fandom, rather. As I said on Twitter, recently, Greatest Show in the Galaxy has become one of my Stop Everything new episode podcasts. Well done, keep it up, Josh. Oh, thanks very much, Josh. It's much appreciated. and glad that uh, um, us blithering away has encouraged you to... Uh... So try out some new stuff and yes. uh, enjoy it. Also, don't worry about her being a Who virgin. There's lots of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I apologise for mangling your email. I do apologise. I, I I can't read. <laughs> <laughs> Why I read? Why I laugh? <laughs> so, with the good stuff out of the way, let's talk about In the Forest of the Night. I, uh, there was a, a thing that came to me when we were watching this. Mm-hmm. And if you allow me, I'll do a little bit of improvisational singing. Okay. Guess who's back? Back again. Fear her's back. Switch it (laughs) off. Switch it off. Switch it off. (laughs) God, this was boring. Oh, my God. This was an act that a popular... A popular turn of phrase in the my amongst my people. This was a right ass chore. Mm. I, I, <sighs> I don't know. I mean, do you know what? I was I was waiting for a sort of a come down after last week, mm. especially as I you know spaffed my pants about it on the show last week. Mm-hmm. It just you know the gods of fate would not allow me to have nice things no. <laughs> for two weeks in a row. Mm-hmm. And I guess it's payment for letting the Detroit Lions win in a last-minute clutch at Wembley. Mm. Um, this episode <laughs> had to be rubbish. Yeah, do you know? I don't know if it was so much rubbish. It was just a bit bland. boring. Yeah, I mean, what's kind of most frustrating for me is it's it's quite a good idea. Oh yeah, but I just don't know whether it's one of those. I think it's just like one of those ideas that, as you try and like develop it a bit more, it just sort of you sort of go. Uh, yeah. Do you know, it feels a bit like if this episode was like in the Doctor Who magazine as a comic strip, mm-hmm. or it was like one of those short trip stories that yeah. you used to get, or like one of those little tiny little paperbacks they used to sell for 99p, mm-hmm. little short uh, Doctor Who stories, this would probably be all right. Mm-hmm. But, 
yeah, it just kind of, it really felt like it ran out of steam. And like I say, I've been a bit of a psyche cow, but I mean, the Fear Her comparisons really went <laughs> and kind of shit directly in the middle of this episode. Mm. I mean, especially when you've got, um, you know, Wasser Chops sort of summons the, you know, the light, little light things. Mm. And I thought, oh, I've seen you before. You look like the Isolus. <laughs> and she's drawing all that shit in her book. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, good God. Yeah. I, oh, oh, I needed someone coming along and digging up a council road. <laughs> so I have a question for you. What happened to the population of London during all this? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. As everyone who know, knows uh, this show, <laughs> I am from London. Really? Yes. Oh. <laughs> I, I know I keep slang. it quiet, don't I? <laughs> and um, here's the thing. Yeah. London is always full. Hmm. Always. Yeah. Midday, midnight, three o'clock in the morning, five o'clock in the afternoon, it's always full of people. Seven million people live in the greater London area. Where the fuck are they all? (laughs) And the other thing is as well, if you think you can walk into the Natural History Museum to Trafalgar Square, even when there isn't a forest in your way, in the amount of time that they take, you're having a laugh. <laughs> right, this is true. Okay. When I, I worked in a in a branch of a large corporate bank, which I won't name, mm-hmm. in the middle of London, yep. someone glued our lock shut at three o'clock in the morning once. Yeah. I had to watch all the CCTV, and there were m- many people walking by him watching him do it, yeah. which may comment on people's attitude towards my bank. The point is, there's always loads of people in London. Mm-hmm. I don't care how many trees grew. <laughs> there were, I mean, especially Trafalgar Square, it'd be full of bloody tourists going, where are all these trees? <laughs> Tweeting it, you know? Yeah. No, so it was ludicrous that it was only literally half a dozen people. Mm. Oh, no, a dozen people in London and if half that. of those were kids. <laughs> Aye. I th- oh, the kids. Mm. Should we talk about the kids? Must Let's get we... out of the way. Yes, especially the ginger one. Oh, God. She sucked. <laughs> she just you know i was like oh please just i feel like she was you know I, she sort of turned left at the on the her way to audition for the next revival of just william <laughs> and ended up at doctor who somehow oh is this the girl who played ruby yeah fun fact do you, do you want to hear a fun fact fun fact me she's the voice of peppa pig get the fuck out of here yeah. that makes sense <laughs> <laughs> yeah um Although I have to say, I did like uh, the little find X bit. That was yeah, yeah. that was that was good. Yeah, and I do quite like that you've got kind of the the kids who think they're in the gifted group are actually just the pain in the ass group to mm-hmm. get them out of the way. <laughs> I did quite like that. There's that aspect to it as well. Yeah, it, it's it's a bit of a strange parallel to Kill the Moon because in that Clara was sort of like beseeching the Doctor to tell uh, uh, Water Chops that she was special. And mm. telling all these kids that they're special and just they're a complete bunch of twerps. Well, no, they're not twerps. Oops. Just the 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 ADHD kid. Mm. The, the I mean, all these kids appear to be on the spectrum. Mm. You know, so I mean, I don't know what <laughs> what that says about the special educational needs department of Coal Hill School if uh, it exists. Uh, but uh, it's, 
I, I don't also I sort of don't know what sort of message this episode sends out for like the kids who are on medication you don't take the medication you, you can hear the trees talking to you I thought that was a bit weird yeah that was a bit weird yeah but I mean all this episode I mean that's the thing it all seemed very disjointed mm. and yeah I mean because it, it it just sort of seemed like one of those episodes where it's sort of like in the writer's room you know, 3 a.m., Chinese boxes everywhere. They've got, like, four different ideas. None of them work. And so much as I know, let's just stick them all together. <laughs> that, that is Episode kind of... done. Yeah. I, I, do, you, do you happen to know if this was, like, a last-minute replacement for something? Or... Mm, it does honk of last-minute replacement, doesn't it? Yeah. I know it was the last one, like, made in the production order. Mm. But no, I, don't, I don't know. It's just... We do apologise, people. You know, we're sort of all over the shop on this because that's... Well, I feel like because that's what the episode was like. Yeah. So it had lots of little nice ideas. Like I do, I did sort of like that you've got, um, you've got all the things of like there being animals in the forest and there's like a kid who's receiving communications, you know, like the big giant head or whatever it is. (laughs) And um, I see us... I did quite like the idea, you know, the general idea of the trees growing and sort mm-hmm. of going around London. It's completely changed, and but it just like I say, it just all seemed just like uh, uh, I say. I think I've used the jigsaw from the charity shop analogy before. Mm-hmm. You buy it, you get it home, and five bits are missing. Yeah. Um. So, I, do you know what? I, 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 I don't want to say Capaldi was bad in this one. But if he was like phoning it in, I don't blame him. No, I don't. I, actually, I was going to say that I think Capaldi and Coleman mm-hmm. were really kind of sort of dragging this episode along with them. I think mm. um, they they don't interact as much as they do in other things. Obviously, you've got Danny and you know the troop of little Herberts. Mm. Um, but yeah, I sort of feel that if it if you had much less of a cast. Mm-hmm. Like if maybe the Doctor and Clara had just landed, Danny wasn't in it, and they just found this kid wandering around. Yeah. You know, by happenstance or something like that. It might have worked better as just kind of like a Mm three-hander and then sort of trying to take care of this kid and they could have got a bit of comedy work out of Capaldi interacting with a child. Mm -hmm. Because the bits where, you know, it's just a sort of him and um, the the kid, uh, Mm -hmm. the main child. Yeah, Maeve. uh, Maeve. I liked all those bits. Hmm. I quite liked it, you know, and I thought it was actually, you know, nice the way that he approaches her and he's trying to find out sort of what what the deal is with her. And I did quite like that. I thought it was quite sweet. Mm-hmm. And those are bits of the episodes which I really enjoyed. Mm. But it's, I don't know, it's, it's, it's kind of weird, the Doctor and Clara's relationship in this one, because, you mm. know, sort of like near the end, the, Clara just sort of like, you know, sort of gives him permission to, like, leave and, like, they don't want to be saved in that. I just thought that was... It seems a bit sort of, like, out of place. Do you know what I mean? Somehow. It did seem really strange. I did find that, that, you know, I think that they're obviously trying to sort of expand on this idea that the Doctor is kind of worried about the influence he's having on Clara, this kind Mm. of pragmatism. I mean, because, you know, she... In a way, she's right. If he did save these children, Mm -hmm. everything she says is true. Yeah. But it just, it really rang wrong for her. Mm. I I feel like, yes, what she says is true, but I feel like, like Danny, she would try and save these kids at all costs. Mm-hmm. 
rather than just sort of like just go you know what sort off mate go you know we'll, yeah, we'll just we... die here yeah that that was the sort of, that was the really weird bit to me it's like i i don't i mean i can sort of like understand if the doctor was completely but it's just like he seems to like kind of i don't know not necessarily give up but it's sort of like no but he really does give up yeah you know he doesn't really argue very much yeah you know, or you know, or just sort of go, go back, sort of take a kind of anyway, or sort of say, you know, I can save as many people as we can find. Mm-hmm. You know, just go and round up as many people as you can find. We'll get on the TARDIS, just do something. You know, the fact that he goes, well, all right then, fair point. See you later. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoy getting incinerated. Yeah. I, I have to say though, um, I did like the bit where it's like he and Clara are watching the solar flare hit the earth and he sort of says well i hope i was right because otherwise it'll be super awkward if it's uh... yeah <laughs> that was a, that um, was that was a good bit yeah but... absolutely i mean there were good bits and mm. but like i say it was just it was sort of too confused it felt like it was going off in sort of three different directions like when you see the government people with like and it turns out they're effectively going to just drop napalm on it mm. a defoliating agent and they're trying to burn the trees i thought maybe they were going to go down like a sort of not like a sort of environmental route but obviously the doctor you know being against this Mm -hmm. or something you know i thought they were going to go down that idea that the trees were alive and they you know humans should be burning them and all this sort of thing but Mm -hmm. no they don't really go down that route either and um i thought they were going to go down the route of being chased by the animals you know meanwhile having to deal with the forest but they didn't do that it was just and again london geography Mm -hmm. London Zoo is nowhere near Trafalgar Square. <laughs> yeah. Um, another sort of like weird little thing I found was um, when the Doctor and Clara is like seeing the the trees like evaporated pixie dust from like from her apartment, mm. and the, and he says, "Yeah, uh, you know, humanity's superpower is like forgetting things. How are they going to sort of like rationale?" Uh, Nelson's column. Um. Yeah, someone might want to pop that back up before anyone notices. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it, it, it. You do sort of. I mean, because they did sort of explain that sort of thing away in tenant series, like you know, people saying it was hallucinogens in the water and all mm-hmm. this sort of business. So again, it's one of these sort of convenient hand wavy. Yeah, kind of. This is not the plot hole you are looking for, young <laughs> Jedi. Sort of. Uh, sort of explanation yeah for it which you know no one brings it up or there might be scaffolding around nelson's column when we go and see it next and Mm. no one no one questions it (laughs) but uh yeah it just it felt just too confusing Mm. and there was too many little threads of stories that kind of didn't go anywhere and it was one of those things of you know the great theory about uh raiders of the lost ark if indiana jones had never turned up the film would have happened exactly the same way Mm. Same with this. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of like this, the Doctor kind of didn't really... Do anything? Yeah. He didn't need to do anything. No, he could have been literally some entirely somewhere else. They could have just and been it sitting all would have on worked the TARDIS, out. reading yeah. a book. Yeah. And... That's <sighs> the thing. We, we mm. have to... With Obviously, this is a show where we follow the Doctor and Clara. Mm-hmm. So when we see them we expect them to do something yeah so a little bit of proactiveness not just walk around get tetchy 
and then go. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and, and surprising the little fallout between Danny and Clara about her still travelling on the TARDIS. Oh, this fucking thing. <laughs> right? Right. Oh, how dumb is Danny? I... I, either he's perfectly aware and just sort of getting on with it, or he really is dumb. I don't know which it is, and I think that that's poor writing on their part. Yeah. It's, it's a case of the Mickeys again. Uh-huh. It's exactly what we, you know, I think we should, something that we sort of were worried about from day one. Yeah. The, you know, we've just got, of, we're back to sort of the useless boyfriend Mm-hmm. But, I mean, again, sort of as a hangover from Caretaker, everything he says just sort of comes across as manipulative because we've been left, I've been left with that bad taste from Caretaker. Mm-hmm. So, you know, all this sort of blowing hot and cold about whether he's cool about it and, you know, you tell me when you're ready, wink, wink, nudge, nudge sort of thing. Uh-huh. You know, it just all it just all strikes me as, all, as nasty and, like, you know, he's going to just... I don't know. I don't really know what to get from this character. And then you, again, and you know, sort of blase way, he says, you know, I joined the army and I didn't try very hard to survive. Yeah, what? what what's... Okay, just throw that in there, why All not? All right, okay. <laughs> just leave that bombshell kicking away for yeah. a while. Yeah, I, I don't know whether this trying ham-handedly to foreshadow, like, the finale or what, but... Yeah, that was that was that was another thing that sort of stuck in stuck in my craw from this episode. Mm. In that you've got thing sort of thing callbacks to other episodes. So you've got the idea that there's another solar flare like what destroyed the Bank of Carabraxos, right? Mm. And then you've got the thing where the Doctor sort of repeats that thing that Clara says and Kill the Moon about you know I work your I walk your earth I breathe your air mm-hmm. sort of thing. So are we trying to set up something? That's going to happen, or we we see in another solar flare, you know, like we keep like in series four when they kept talking about the disappearing planets. Mm. Are they trying to drop hints at us? Did, were they just trying to find something to stick into the episode, just cause? Or I think yeah, it's probably exactly. the latter, actually. You know, I mean, I don't know if that's my fault as a viewer because, again, you know, trying to trying to out chess Moffat mm-hmm. about his game plan and trying to see it come in. Yeah. You know, but uh, you know, two. You can't draw a pattern from two incidences. Mm. So, you know, I'm trying to sort of work out where they're getting at. And again, this sort of relates back to some of the things I've said about Missy not really feeling very, very established. Yeah, I mean, I I don't even get that little bit, like a little appearance in this episode. So, no. like, oh, that was a surprise, and I love surprises. Like, what? Well, yeah, I mean, it's again, it's that like we talked about last week that, you know, Moffat's kind of favourite trope Mm -hmm. of the scary, overpower OP woman, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, which he's sort of come back to a few times. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I just sort of feel like Missy is is really kind of weak feeling compared to every like, I mean, compared to, you know, most recently you had with Madame Kavorian Mm -hmm. and like her little appearances and stuff. I mean, you get them and you felt like they were building up to a thing. And for a mm. lot of time, we didn't know what was going on, but you felt like there was, you know, you got the idea that there were machinations happening behind the scenes. And yeah. But with Missy, I just, I don't get that connectiveness. Because, mm. you know, we've had, we've had the sort of thing of like the first couple of episodes, you know, she was welcoming people into heaven. Mm-hmm. 
question mark. Then you apparently she's just kind of the senior administrator of the Nethersphere or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And you know, and, and then she watches Clara on an iPad. Mm-hmm. Like yes, my pretty fly, sort of thing. <laughs> and you know, I'm, how what what does all this mean? How am I supposed to sort of feel like this character is a threat? She just feels like she's watching the episode, like I was. Yeah, I, I mean, the the whole thing about you know, just like going back to what you said in this episode, like I, I that was a surprise and a little surprise. I don't quite get what she was. What was she expecting to happen? Yeah, you know, and what's what's what? her game? You know, what's her end plan? Yeah. You know, I mean, like I say, Madame Kavorian, we got the idea that the she was sort of looking in on things. Mm-hmm. But then as as time progressed, you got little vignettes to the end of the episode, which sort of helped you fill in what was happening with the Doctor being unaware. Yeah, and it made sense in the end. Yeah. But I think it's just a bit so disjointed with Missy. Yes. I mean, unless, unless they really sort of pull out the stops with the next two episodes, I don't... I don't really get it. I, I feel yeah. like what I worry about is with with the last two episodes. I mean, obviously we're going to sort of you know from the trailers that we've seen, mm-hmm. there's going to be sort of heavy Missy involvement. But when she you know deploys her evil plan, whatever it may be, mm-hmm. we're going to be like, okay, yeah, and I can't why. Yeah, it's it's a bit like the thing you know you used to watch Racky races. If Dick yeah. just ran the fucking race, He'd he would win. win. Yeah. You know, rather than putting up, stopping and setting up traps which don't work. <laughs> or, you know, I mean, Austin Powers with Scott Evil. Mm-hmm. I've got a gun in my room. I'm going to shoot, shoot him and put yeah. it together. You know, it's that thing of just do something. Yeah. Rather than sitting and watching things on your iPad going, ha, 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 do something. Yeah. I... <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, I feel I really feel like you know, if if there is a Doctor Who filler, mm-hmm. this this is it. This is like the polystyrene of Doctor Who. Yeah, yeah. And you know, you know, peek behind the curtain here. Mm-hmm. Just when I was sitting in my living room thinking about what are we going to talk about this episode, I was really like, I don't know what the fuck we're going to talk about for this episode. Yeah, because it was just a thing that happened. Yeah, that's that's. <laughs> That's... 45 minutes of my life were filled, fulfilled by this episode being on, I and could... then it wasn't on. <laughs> I could probably watch a blank screen and it would have uh, maybe it's been a little bit more enjoyable. I mean, I'm, I'm not... Yeah, that, I mean... I don't feel like that That sort of like, you know, I've wasted my time. But, mm. you know, it was all those things of like... Um, yeah. it was It was just... <laughs> It was like, you know, like I say, the Diet Coke of Doctor Who, the, you know, <laughs> not quite Doctor Who enough. <laughs> yeah. Well, if I may um, take a moment to quote uh, Eddie Izzard from his uh, Dress to Kill tour, he says, uh, I always like to end my shows with a bit of a, huh, feeling. And I think this is what <laughs> exactly. the voice tonight has done. It's like, ah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I just think it was, it was sort of, like I say, it was sort of five episodes or five ideas mashed together mm-hmm. and then one writer said oh we've got to do some Clara and Danny stuff for the finale oh and we've got to do a bit of Missy stuff and oh we better talk a bit about you know the Doctor kind of softening up towards Earth a bit mm-hmm. and oh yeah I mean we're in London and we're calling it In the Forest of the Night so stick a fucking tiger in it <laughs> and one like a troubled kid so make her sister disappear and then she's sitting in a bush at the end for some reason with glowing eyes what and you know all this <laughs> That bit, that was sort of like, that was just, I, I don't know why, but, but that moment was sort of like a bit of a, 
No, it's some for some reason to me. It's like because this, you know, this doesn't always happen in real life. You know, you know, people no, run away and they never come back. And I don't find out. Maybe it's going to sound a bit dark when I say this, but I would have kind of preferred it if that hadn't happened. Absolutely, it was just a cat or something. Yeah. I mean, just, so, yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't know. It just, it, again, it was just another kind of, and, the, you know, the, the mum's looking for her. Oh, so, yeah. you know, she dis, but she appears on her bike mm-hmm. and then she disappears for 20 minutes of the episode. Yeah. And it's just like a funny word after that, oddly. Weird. Uh, uh. I mean, but, yeah, so it, it, one thing that was nice about this episode, it just reminded me of a story my, my nan told me. Mm-hmm. Because she used to live round the back of London Zoo. All right. Literally, just over the fence. Okay. And her nan used to, I know it was her auntie, used to make really crap mince pies. So they used to throw them to the wolves to get rid of them. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> True story. But then, you know, when I saw the wolves, I thought, oh, oh. nan would have liked this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, so, uh, scores? Yes. <laughs> um. Here's the thing, I didn't hate it as much as I didn't like Caretaker. Yeah. But, but I certainly don't think it's anywhere near as good as, say, Robots of Sherwood, which uh-huh. at least had, although it was average, at least had giggles. Mm-hmm. So I am going to give it a five. Mm. Um, I I don't know. I mean, my my heart's telling me three, but <gasps> I th- do you think it's a three? Give it a three. Yeah, it just the the few little bits that I liked in it just it wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. The, I mean, I don't want to say I, I didn't hate the episode i just thought it was just i, I don't know it's just it... you know what i thought of actually when i was watching this What's i that? thought i bet they wrote this when matt smith was still the doctor that would not surprise me actually because actually some of the you you get much more of a a, a matt smithy feel from this i yes. don't know if i'm sort of barking up the wrong parking up the wrong tree here hey. but um yeah it just yeah I feel like if if the if it was the eleven if it was eleven on this mm-hmm. I feel like I don't know you might have got like a, I, I don't know because he had more of a softer aspect to his character mm-hmm. and you feel like he might have got on better with the kids yeah you know and stuff like that but obviously with it being Capaldi he was a bit more flinty and a bit more standoffish mm-hmm. it just don't sort of gel as well so I wonder if it's because it wasn't really written with him in mind. It doesn't really, it doesn't really stick as well. It, again, if it was sort of, it, it may have only been an idea when Matt Smith was still the Doctor, mm. but because it's sort of a good idea, yeah. But they couldn't write it to Capaldi's portrayal, mm-hmm. right? Do you see what I mean? It's just, yeah, yeah. The idea just doesn't suit him. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't stick. I mean, now that you mention it, the the whole thing about the trees is very sort of Doctor Winter in the wardrobe. It really is. Again, I mean, yeah. I really was thinking is, you know, are they going to bring up the forest of, uh, you know, nope. the forest cheam and all that sort of thing? Mm-hmm. Nope. 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 Oh, well. <laughs> you know, just didn't, as well, something that, 
you know, I'm just glancing at Wikipedia here with sort of the reception to the mm. episode. It, it, people saying it didn't really have any sort of idea of threat, and it really didn't. No. You well, know? But reading some comments, there were some people who absolutely loved this. Yeah, it absolutely, and you know, absolutely the, loved it. And it's this sort of like same people who said, oh, I absolutely hated last week's. And yeah. it's just like, okay. You know, I mean, everybody's, everybody's entitled to their opinion, and that's cool and groovy, but. Oh, yeah, but, um, you know, I just, I don't really, uh, uh, it's something that I entirely avoid. don't, you know, I do, <laughs> no, I'm not, I don't avoid uh, avoid it, you know, I do mm. sort of glance at, at things like that, you know, because it's, it's interesting to see other opinions and people, you know, like you say, um, people bring up good, you know, good ideas and, you know, interesting, interesting perspectives, you know, something mm. like what happened with the Rings of Akaten. Mm. You know, episode I didn't mind, but a lot of people hated. But a lot of people absolutely loved it, mm. and for the for the reasons that you know people brought up why they loved it, you know, I completely understand. But when you get something that sort of strikes you as not bad or good, but just bland, mm. you some it's sort of, again it's that sort of thing of people who like Michael Bublé and things like that. I just don't <laughs> get it. <laughs> Sorry if you like Michael Bublé if you're listening to this, but <laughs> who cares about Michael? I mean, no, not so, okay. That sounds cruel, mm. but his music does nothing for me. I find yeah. it very bland. It's very middle of the road. It's like housewife music. Again, no disrespect to housewives, um, but yeah, it's just kind of those things you buy your auntie you don't really know for Christmas because you think oh she yeah. probably likes that shit. Yeah. Um. Okay. I mean, analogy's running away from me. Yeah. Let's condense something else. <laughs> yeah, let's, uh, let's, let's wind this up. So yep. if you'd like to tell us what you thought about In the Forest of the Night, you can email us at greatestshow at simplysyndicated.com. Uh, also, you can tweet us at greatestshowpod on uh, Twitter. Also, we have a Facebook page. Emma, if you would be so kind. Yes, uh, head over to Facebook in the search bar, put in The Greatest Show in the Galaxy podcast, which will pop up, give us a like, and scribble something on our wall. Yes, and while you're on Simply Syndicate, do enjoy all those other good shows and Simply Everything. And also, uh, do you know what I also forgot to mention? Jacob and Mandy went and bloody got married, didn't they? They kept that quiet, and they secret little squirrels. I know. So can, they don't listen to this show, but happy congratulations anyway, Jacob Yay. and Mandy. Also, we must hail the triumphant return of Here Goes Nothing. Absolutely. <laughs> you're back oh they're very and it's a brilliant show and um you'll never hear the phrase shit on my balls in quite the same way <laughs> and if you've never heard the phrase before well i don't know what to tell you really <laughs> get out more yeah <laughs> so that's <laughs> There's some places in Soho I could direct you to for that sort of thing. Oh my god! <laughs> oh dear. Oh. Let's stop. Let's, uh, yeah. let's 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 promise to a halt. Stop. End. End. Stop. End. <laughs> <laughs>